Don't have time to go on SoCal Live today? Leave Scott a voicemail at 213-537-3812. That's 213-537-3812. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Southern California Live. I am Scott Furrow, your host. Great to be with you today, as I am each and every day from 3 to 5. 3 to 5, Southern California Live. on, And it's really good to be with you, as it always is. Today is Open Line Friday. That means you can call about any issue you want. You can change the subject, and we'll let you do that today and only today. Anything that's on your mind. You got a Bible question, a question about politics, something that you tried to call for earlier in the week and you didn't make it on the show, then uh, you can call back. We'll go. We'll we'll revisit those subjects just for you. 888-528-2557 is the number. 888-528-2557. You can also send an email to SoCalLive at KKLA.com, SoCalLive at KKLA. Dot com. All right, there has been a, a lot of news, so I think there's a whole lot of different ways that uh, you could approach this uh, with your open calls today. Uh, Liz Truss, the uh, brand new Prime Minister of England, resigned earlier this week after only 44 or 45 days, however you count it, I think depending on which side of the pond you're on. This is what she said. I recognize, though, given the situation, I cannot deliver the mandate on which I was elected by the Conservative Party. I have therefore spoken to His Majesty the King to notify him that I am resigning as leader of the Conservative Party. But them's the breaks. Yes, that was uh, Liz Truss resigning as uh, the leader of the Conservative Party. The way it works in England is if you're the leader of the majority party or the party who has made enough uh, coalitions to you know to have power, you get to be prime minister. And 45 days, 44 days, that's the... Uh, one person was prime minister for a shorter period of time, and that's only because he got uh, pneumonia and he died. Um, so it's been a frustrating thing for her. It's all the economy is what's going on over there and the British pound and how it relates in the world market. But them's the breaks. Uh, that happens. Speaking of. But them's the breaks. That's Boris Johnson, the former prime minister, who's throwing his hat back in the ring. He could become prime minister again. Uh, and that is definitely possible in that system. Completely different way of uh, of government. Sometimes I like it because in that country, you know, when you look at their parliament, they they get up and really can deal with the issues and really speak to each other back and forth in a way that I think that we really ought to do a lot more here. But uh, the system doesn't work uh, in the same way. Uh, anyway, she is resigning, and it's about the economy. There's lots of issues there, like here. It gets pointed out that the inflation issue, which is humongous for, for you and I and everybody in the United States, the world is dealing with inflation in a significant way. And sometimes that gets brought up to say to try to deflect blame from our own responsibility. But the thing is, is that inflation typically is something that happens simply because governments spend too much money. And that's what governments like ours and governments around the world have been doing is spending more money than they have, and that creates inflation. And most people uh, agree with that. Uh, not everybody, not every economist agrees with that, but it seems to be the common denominator. We're dealing with it. How are you dealing with uh, inflation? Is inflation for you, we have this election coming up, is inflation the biggest issue for you in this campaign? When you go to vote, are you thinking about this or are you thinking about something else? 888-528-2557 is the number. 888-528-2557. It's also Open Line Friday. 
We'll take your calls on any subject. 888-528-2557. Let's go to, uh, is it Mick in Calabasas? It's Mike. Mike. How you doing, Mike? All right, Scott. Hey, first, I just want to thank you for being a fair moderator. You know, I don't, I'm not personally concerned about what side of the aisle you're on, although I have an idea. It doesn't matter. But you honestly do your best to to be fair to everybody that calls, and we really appreciate that. Well, thank you very much. Okay, now my point today is, you know, we, we believers, which is what I like to believe most of us, your listeners are, are supposed to be out teaching other men how to fish, how to become knowledgeable about Jesus. We've got to make sure that the enemy doesn't distract us with stuff like the election. Yes, we need to vote, but it is not the most important thing. The most important thing, I believe, is bringing others to the knowledge of Christ, even in church. Yeah. How do you feel like, uh, you know, just a thought here, we, and we we're talking about this some in the last hour, the idea that maybe politics has become our religion. I think it's important that we talk about, and, and we started this hour talking about things that are uh, political and how people might vote. Um, going beyond that, you know, the election is over, people vote differently. Do we sometimes make religion, make politics our religion? Has it gone too far? Do we, does, it, does it confuse people maybe who aren't believers? I think we're moving in that direction because, remember, the enemy will give us anything to distract us from the truth. So if we can make it all more about the past president or the present president, it's a distraction, a waste of time, and it, it, it occupies his goals, not the goals of Jesus. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's something that, you know, we're, we're citizens, right? We live in the country. We're going to vote. We're going to talk about it. We have a right that uh, is pretty unique really, to our country, the way we're able to participate. Other countries have voting, but the, there's still something very, very unique about our country and how we can have these conversations. How do we do it? Well, I think, yeah, go ahead. I, I think the saddest part is all of us, and you may be included in this, have friends or associates that once they found out our allegiance, our, our party, forget about allegiance, because, you know, God is God. He's in charge of everything. But they find out who we voted for. They, they want a reason. For some reason, I don't know what's what beneath me, why they want to have a reason to hate on us. You know? Yeah, there's... I don't dislike anybody because of their political view. I don't care who you vote for. I might think you're not being wise, but I'm not going to dislike you or not love you because of that. Does the church have, rather than just Democrats and Republicans or liberals and conservatives and kind of the sides, does the church have, and Christians, I should say, does, do Christians have an obligation to speak out on on policies and issues that are affecting people? So we've, you know, big issues are homelessness and crime and immigration, and those are usually the top three um, uh, inflation, things that are affecting people's lives. How does the church speak out about issues where we might disagree on the solutions? Is there a way to do that where we can do it I in think, a way without losing the gospel in the middle of it? Yeah, I think the churches have to, in of themselves, small groups, larger groups, take action. You know, each one win one. Each of us do our share of trying to assist those in need. You know, we can try to force the hand of politics with our vote, but remember, politics is full of politicians yeah. and many of them are actors of sorts so we don't know what we're going to get either way it goes truthfully all right mike thank you very much for your call thanks for listening to southern california live god bless you god bless you 
This is Southern California Live. It is Open Line Friday. We'll talk about whatever it is you would like to talk about. What do you think about that? You know, are there, how do we do this? Here's, Here's the biblical passage I think that we just always have to keep in mind, not just with politics. Sometimes it's with even church programming and other stuff that we do as as believers. In the book of Acts, there's this problem with in the, the church as its beginning, and you have Jewish believers, Jewish converts who believe that Jesus is the Messiah, and they bring with that the, the books of Moses and the prophets and the Old Testament and history and holidays and traditions and laws and all of this, and they're wrestling with what does it mean that the curtain has been torn and do we still have to do circumcision and do we still have to do this and these different rules and follow these different things. And the church is being mixed with now Gentiles, non-Jewish people, who have none of that, who have no history of the Torah, who who are hearing a lot of this for the first time. And there is a debate. There's there's some people who left the faith because they felt like there should be uh, a lot more rules put upon the Gentiles. And there was in Acts chapter 15, the apostles get together with church leaders and they have a discussion. How do we deal with so many competing views? What are the things that we need to to do to make sure that people stay focused on the faith. And part of that conclusion in Acts chapter 15, uh, verse 19, this is something that is said, <clears throat> excuse me, and they're listening to, to Barnabas and Paul talk about these things. And it says, it is my judgment, therefore, that we should not make it difficult for the Gentiles who are turning to God. And what they did was they pared down, you know, the sort of Christian lifestyle for that time. Instead, we should write to them, telling them to abstain from food polluted by idols and from sexual immorality, from the meat of strangled animals, from blood. Uh, for the law of Moses has been preached in every city and from the earliest times and is read in the synagogues and every Sabbath. There's a lot of preaching and study that goes into that. But the, the piece that I don't want us to miss is we should not make it difficult for the Gentiles who are turning to God. Do we make it difficult today for people who aren't believers to turn to God? Are there rules or or things that we do as believers that is making it difficult? Maybe it's our politics. Maybe it's maybe it's just the way maybe we're not engaged. You know, what do you think? 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. It is open phone Friday, so I will take your calls on any subject as we do on Fridays, and we can get back to uh, that subject later on. Let's go to Alejandra. Alejandra, where are you calling from? Hi, from uh, Los Angeles, California. Oh, thanks for calling, Alejandra. What's on your mind today? Oh, uh, yeah, I, I have a concern. Yeah. Uh, being, I've been so worried, and mostly for my uh, the people from my country, but uh, worldwide. Are you there? I'm. I'm. Uh, go ahead. Because what what happened? What happened? I just want you for a moment get on the shoes of my narratives that 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 have nothing. Mm. So and, and here it is. So since uh, the technology is in the hands of the richest people. The technology? Technology, yeah. yeah. yeah it's not in the hands of poor people, right? It's in the hands of richest people that have a lot of money. And, of course, their mind, on their mind, uh, they're not doing anything that is going to help minorities. But their mind, of 
course, they're in their shoes with the richest people, and then they're looking to develop or to do uh, instrument that is going to help them to keep their money on their pocket. Saying that, so now you can understand me. Listen, before McDonald's, they used to have like about uh, five tellers saying, hey, good morning. Everybody was making a line, say, good morning. Yeah, how can I help you? Yeah, yes, do that. Okay, okay. okay. Now, McDonald's only have one or two, just in three cases. And they probably, one is just collecting the orders. Okay, hold, uh, hold on a second. Hold on a second. I just want to make sure that I'm I'm tracking with you. So you're talking about how technology is increasing and what ultimately is happening right now is that at a place such as McDonald's, there used to be several people working there, but now there's some kiosks and people could just punch in their order and they don't necessarily need to speak to somebody. So that means there's less jobs. Is that what you're, you're getting at? Technology, that the richest people, that technology is in their hand, they're just uh, uh, um, inventing instruments to, that is replacing uh, to replace the workers. minorities' jobs. Yes. So now, parking, parking before you used to have, uh, you used to take the ticket, and then on the way out, there was somebody saying, hey, Right, there was somebody, somebody working there, yes. too. Not anymore. Why do you think, that, why do you think that happens? Because everything, the world is, 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 is getting so busy with politics, and, and uh, it's in the hand of rich people. Politics oh. and uh, technology in the rich people. So now, they're just looking forward to do things that is going to benefit them. Do you so think, uh, let, me, let, me ask you, let me ask you this question, I, and I understand where you're going, and I think you do have, you have an important point for society, right, that... As technology is increasing, it's also reducing uh, jobs, especially jobs that uh, somebody might get if they haven't been to school or they are going to school. Uh, Entry-level jobs, those are going away and being replaced by technology. Um, Instead of having a 40-hour job, I have a part-time. So now, before before we used to have benefits because we had full-time, you know, now they don't want to be accountable. And you lost that. Now, Now, again... So now, how can you, education matter? So since the world is going that way and we don't want an abortion, where is, what, uh, the, 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 uh, where is the church saying? The church is busy saying, don't, don't do abortion, don't do abortion. No, education matters. The so, church has to have a program worldwide that is saying, you know, God is against abortion. But since the economy is not easy, and then you could find out yourself trapped with, the, uh, you know, and, well, and having a baby. So don't, don't get pregnant. Here, listen. Yes, it's hard, but we have a program here. We have a school, early, early so, education, a school. All right, so hold on, hold on, Alejandro. So you would like the church to have more programs to, to do what? To help people have these jobs and train people for better jobs? No, 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 no. The church has to recognize and talk about it, reality. Minority, the world is getting harder, but more harder for you. Yeah, and then so what, is we, it, what should the church, what should the church do? Okay, what did the church do? It's like, don't have abortion. Yeah, that's good. But that's not enough. So the church should do you more to help to people in those... Reality. You yeah. have to have a talk, a conversation with mothers, yeah. with teenagers at school, every right. Sunday at school. So tell the reality. Hey, listen, I don't know on what, at what level are you. 
Yeah. Hey, Alejandra, I'm going to put you on hold for a second. This is Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. It is Open Phone Friday, 888-528-2557. I understand, Alejandra, you've got a lot going on. In, uh, in what you're talking about. And I think you're expressing a frustration, you know, that lots of people have that we, we are ignoring. Um, you know, what do you, think is, what do you think is the best thing that we could do for you right now? Because I want to go on yeah, to the other calls, and I think maybe some people will call with uh, your same subject. Yes. Uh, let me talk, for instance, about my country. A which which country is that? Where are, you, where are you from? I'm from Honduras. From Honduras. From Honduras, okay. We have many children that nobody's talking with minorities. You know, we have governments that are so corrupt. We have a system that the United States is working with them, but that's not doing much. Uh-huh. We stop those corrupting government to do something. We're talking yeah. politics here. So the United States have three military bases over there that we cannot even get close because we get killed. That's the truth. With the United States, we have water through, through the south and through the north, to Pacific Ocean and through the Atlantic. And you know what? United States is, is, is in the main of this water and have so much uh, military systems over there that we're not able to to do anything in our own country. All right. The United States is getting the benefit. All right, Alejandra, I appreciate your call. I need to go on to some other callers. You, you brought on a, a lot of different points, and I appreciate that. Uh, no, no, no. no. I, I appreciate that very much, but I do have to go on. But, you know, you brought up the the issue of it's harder for people, particularly in, in your view, minorities, to get these jobs at McDonald's or other places because they're being replaced by technology. Uh, I understand what you're saying in Honduras. I've been to El Salvador a few times. I, I and it's right next door, and I've been on that border. I know how some of that works. I don't have your experience, of course. I don't mean to say that at all. I think that there is something that the church can do, but I think we also have to to ask ourselves why that happens. You know, if you run a business and you are and the business is getting more expensive to run um where the where it goes usually is we we take away jobs i was noting that uh, half of the uh checkout counters at the supermarket i went to the other day half of them were self-serve where you go in and you have to to bag your own groceries and then they charge you that dime for the bag uh which i hate i never paid for that until the covid and you know uh, I just felt like I was I, I had to do it. I used to walk out of supermarkets with I'd like pull my I'd untuck my shirt and use the front of my shirt as my basket and just carry all my stuff out in my shirt like that if I had to, because I resent that dime that we have to pay for the plastic bag that doesn't go to environmental stuff. It just goes into the stores. It's the weirdest thing. As we talk about this, do you have any thoughts? What does the church do to deal with with people who are being marginalized by technology, by uh, immigration policies, which we're doing nothing about, marginalized uh, in different ways. Where does the church have a role? That's an interesting subject. 888-528-2557. Um, Jay in Los Angeles, welcome to Southern California Live. Jay, are you with me? Yes, can you hear me? Yeah, go ahead, Jay. Yeah, I was just, uh, I caught your last question there. You said, uh, what what are some of the things the church is uh, doing or not doing, and why aren't people, I guess, being attentive or the retention's not there? I want to kind of... Okay, go ahead. Well, I mean, it's a great question. Um, I've always thought about it. Um, <laughs> I don't attend as much now, but I just read the Bible, and a lot of the concepts in there and everything that's built in the Bible is great rules, things that you live your life by, and there are great rules for it. 
do we have a church mentioned in there that could be debated? But I think the question for people who are in the institution of the church and the reason why they're not seeing the numbers increase, they're seeing a dwindling, I think we're in an apostate is one of the words that was used a lot that people don't even know this generation, maybe a couple of generations now don't even understand what, what uh, some of the boomers and things are talking about. So there's a disconnect. Not only that, they don't see the change. So as, as well as the, the boomers are slowly dwindling. So Jay, Jay, I'm going to have to go to a break here in a minute. So, uh, are you you're just talking about how we are struggling even to connect with people from different generations because we see the world differently? And not only that, oh, the, the, the part I was going to get into was the the um, the rules themselves. Christianity, I would say, there's a water-down part or the part where there's no uh, adherence to the rules. And so when you look at the basic tenets of it, those aren't being um, obeyed. People what aren't, is one of okay. the biggest things that the Messiah... So the Christians don't look like Christians don't look like Christians. Exactly. Okay. Thank you for your call, Jay. I appreciate it. I do have to go to a break. I'm sorry about that. What do you guys think about that? I see your calls. I'll get to your calls as soon as we get back. This is Southern California Live. It's open line Friday. You can call about anything you'd like. We've been talking about uh, are we making it hard for people to turn to God in our culture? You can change the subject or follow along with that subject. 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. I'm Scott Furrow. This is Southern California Live. We'll be back as the Friday edition continues. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow on 99.5 KKLA. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live, open line Friday. Anything you want to call about, you can call right now, 888-528-2557. Eve, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi, thank you for taking my call. Hi, Eve. Um, hi, how's it going? Um, I'm calling to talk about your um, topic about are we making it harder for people to turn to God? Right. And... Um, you know, I'm actually like, I wouldn't say I'm new to the faith, but I, I, I'm new in terms of being saved. And, um, one of the things that I've noticed is that, and I was just thinking about this, which is so funny. It's like the Jewish people, you know, they don't really have these problems. Like they have their Passover, they have their, their Yom Kippur, they have their, like their, all their holidays and like, they, and, and like, no one questions them. Like, no one is like, oh, my God, you guys are so weird. Why do you have to, like, turn off your phones and not drive your cars on Shabbat? And, like... Yeah. Well, there's a lot of people who do question them, in a, you know, in a different way. Just wanna... I guess, Oh, well, I guess because I live in an area where, like... I mean, I'm half, like, I have Jewish people in my family, and I live in an area where it's full of them. And I guess maybe because everyone I, I live around is, so I don't see that. So I guess maybe that's why. But I feel like with Christians, like, everyone looks at us like we're crazy for some reason. Like, like oh, no, like, you guys are, like, too passionate, or you're always trying to convert people. Like, and, like, Jewish people, they don't convert people. Like, if anything, they, tell, they try to, like, discourage that. Um, so... I don't know. I don't know. I think maybe it's because of, like, that's just, like, the enemy's plan. I don't know. But yeah. that is something that I think about because I'm like, I don't want to lose. I don't know. I just seem like they're, they're, when you t- become a Christian, there seems to be a lot of loss. 
of the old life, old connections, old ways. And maybe people are just, it's too much change. And I think maybe that's what it is. So too it's, much change too fast. So the idea is when you become a Christian, there's too much change that you think is going to come upon your life? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Eve, uh, how long have you been a Christian? I mean, I was born a Christian. I was baptized when I was a kid. I'm Russian Orthodox, but to get to the point where I'm at now, it's been like, just recently. Okay, yeah. So there's some point where you made your faith your own and you put your faith in Jesus? Oh, always my faith was in Jesus, definitely. Yeah. But just, it was always confusing because, you know, you have so many denominations in Christianity and you don't know, like, you know, you have Christians bickering with other uh, with other Christians, like, no, what you believe in is not real. Like, your Bible is, you know, you're misinterpreting. So there's always all this confusion yeah. and that's what a lot of people say too. Like, oh, Christians, they don't even know amongst themselves, you know, like. Well, let me me respond to a couple of things that you said that I think might be helpful. You talked about how everybody looks at the Christians like they're crazy, and, uh, you know, and I don't want to excuse any Christians who kind of are crazy, okay? There's some, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? Not crazy (laughs) in their belief about Jesus, but they go off somewhere else. Um, Mm -hmm. But Jesus told us in Matthew 10, 22, you will be hated by everybody because of me. Um, mm-hmm. but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. And in the book of John, Jesus talks about if the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. And there's, mm-hmm. it's in a way, what you're noticing about how Christians are treated differently uh, than other faiths. Mm-hmm. And, and I do want to be careful, okay? There's a lot of, and it's growing in the world right now, anti-Semitism. Okay, there's some stories in our news right now. And and I don't want to say, you know, to our our Jewish friends who are listening, I don't want to ignore that. That's a big deal uh, that that's going on. No, I didn't mean it that way. No, I think I I understand uh, how you mean it. I just want to make sure that everybody knows where you and I Uh are coming from with that. Um, But, you know, one of the proofs, I think, of our faith is that Jesus is right about everything. And he's right about that. Mm -hmm. It would actually be Mm -hmm. weird. It would actually be weird considering Jesus's teaching if the world just accepted us. Um, Mm -hmm. It is an unusual time in human history. Uh, The first couple hundred years of our country, for example, uh, Mm -hmm. that Christianity was seen as, even though we have freedom of religion, uh, essentially true. So even leaders who weren't Christians would still pray essentially to the Christian God. They they might be Christians Mm -hmm. and they pray to Jesus, or they'd say Almighty God, but it would be very Christian sounding, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's changing, I think, in our culture. I do believe that's why we have some of the problems we've got. Um, but yes, they, it, like the Pledge of Allegiance has been gone for so long, you know, like... We're forgetting who we are. I remember doing it as a kid. Yeah. But, yeah, now no more. We're yeah. forgetting who we are. But I think that, you know, why is it hard for Christians to, to turn to God? Sometimes it's because Christians are distracted and we argue about things that are small, Right. Mm-hmm. That sometimes people come to church and I was a pastor for 25 years and I grew up in a pastor's mm-hmm. home. So I've been in the I've been in the part of church that's hard my whole life. Somebody mm-hmm. somebody once said that there's two things you never want to see. One of them is how they make hot dogs and sausage. You don't want to see it. You don't want to know. <laughs> the other one is you don't want to see how church operates. Right. Yeah. It's just that you have sinful people and sometimes i think we expect that's not the case in church but it is you got people who struggle and that's why biblically you know you've got a setup for how church should be led and discipline for people and discipline even for church leaders and elders and and instructions though to follow those elders if they if they're not in sin 
those kinds of things. Churches often don't do that, and then we end up fighting about the carpet. I was dealing with a church that was arguing about what grape juice to use for the communion, if it's Welch's or Juicy Juice. And they it was a serious fight, and they actually decided to solve the problem by not having communion at all, which is, oh, which is the wrong approach. <laughs> but from the outside, that looks crazy. And, mm-hmm. I, and I feel like, here's what I would say, Eve, is I think if Jesus were to come to our church, any one of our churches listening, and walk up front and sit on the stage and answer all of our questions— what is true? What's the correct interpretation of this passage? Who should we vote for? Whatever it is we want to say. At the mm-hmm. end of that conversation, I, I think Jesus might say we've spent days and hours discussing these issues, and none of the people that I've put into your life are any closer to knowing me because mm-hmm. you're worried about all these things. Very true. So Jesus wants us to make disciples, and for you as you grow in your faith, can I just encourage you to to focus on Christ and what he's calling you to do and get into his Bible yes. and realize yes. that that the those of us who are teaching the Bible, uh, we want to draw you to the Bible. If we're not doing that, then you know, we're not the we're not the authority. You know, the Bible's Things that I say aren't true because I say they're true. They're mm-hmm. true because they're either mm-hmm. true or I'm wrong, and they're mm-hmm. not true. you got to trust Jesus. And the other thing is Amen. that you mentioned is a lot of people don't come to Christ because they know they're going to have to change their life, and that's true. Like, Jesus takes you as you are, but he doesn't leave you as you are. Right. right? And for some people, the rejection of Christ is that, and that's why we have to repent, that coming to Christ is mm-hmm. that that's part of the picture right, is that we have mm-hmm. to, that's part of trusting Christ, is to say, I'm giving my life to you, even things that I don't want to do or d- that I disagree with. Are you mm-hmm. with me? And that part is, that that's prevents a lot of people from coming to Christ, but that's because they don't want to repent. So that's I, true. And that's re- true. But repentance leads to life and to freedom. You know, not re- and, it's, and it's freeing yes. when you repent. Yes. Yes. Yes, it is. Eve, thank you so much for your call. Thanks for calling Southern thank California you. Live. Thank I appreciate that. All right, 888-528-2557. And uh, let's go to, uh, I can't hear your name. What's your name? Uh, thank you for taking my call. My name is Lamek. Yes, welcome. Oh, my friend. The uh, uh, reason I'm calling is because because uh, uh, the Word of God impacted me. Yes. When I when I read the demons believe in Jesus. Right. The demons believe in Jesus. Demons are great so theologians. You, you know, what? Demons are great theologians. Anyhow, I don't care about the demons. <laughs> the only impacting me is the demons believe in Jesus. Uh by that time by that time I was an analyzing Analyzing uh, many, many people, uh-huh. not judging, not judging, okay, correct, yeah. not judging. Analyzing many people who believe in Jesus, and they are bad people, my friend. Bad who, people. You know what? Who are bad let people? Me start, let, me, let me start with my brother. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Who are bad people? People who believe in Jesus or just some people who believe in Jesus? No. I am analyzed after reading that demons believe in Jesus, so... I'm analyzing people who believe in Jesus, and they they're acting such as demons. I see. And you and you Listen, know, if, if, I got to go on to the next call. 
Uh, sorry about that. I dropped you on there. Actually, I didn't mean to do that. I meant to put you on hold, but I'm going to go on to the next call. You know, there are lots of Christians who aren't acting like Christians, and I know that that is one of the hindrances for some people coming to faith. But one, but once again, I would encourage you to look to the scriptures and who Jesus is. What matters is, did Jesus come up out of the grave or not? Is Jesus who he said he was? Uh, you know, Jesus is the, the truth of Christ is not untrue because some Christian acts like a demon. Uh, it's true because he rose from the grave and he's who he said he was. And I'm sorry, I got you cut off there. Uh, Christina in Burbank, welcome to Southern California Live. Christina, you still Hello. with me? You? Go ahead. Yeah, hi. Go ahead, Christina. Hi, how are you? Hi. Oh, my, I have a question for yeah. you. So earlier, um, I, I hope I'm not mistaken, but earlier I heard, um, I believe it was you saying that with the things that are happening right now in the world, that we were closer and closer towards uh, what the book of Revelation says. And I just wanted to ask you um, if you can point out some of the things that are obvious that are happening today in the present day that... Um, yeah, I can basically, I can definitely yeah. do that. Christina, I got to go to a break. I'll put you on hold, and then I'll answer your question as soon as we get back. This is Southern okay. California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. The number is 888-528-2557. And uh, Christina is asking what in present day life makes people think that we are getting closer to the end. Uh, and I'll talk about that as soon as we get back. Uh, on the Friday edition of Southern California Live, we'll continue in a moment. Too nervous to go live on the radio with Scott Furrow? Then share your thoughts on the SoCal Live voicemail at 213-537-3812. That's 213-537-3812. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live, 888-528-2557 is the number. It's open line Friday. Before the break, uh, Christina from Burbank. You still with us, Christina? Hi, Christina. Christina asked, um, what are the things in the present day time that makes everybody think we're closer to the end? And uh, we talked about, I mentioned something around those lines earlier. And if you talk to a lot of people today, you know, I hear this all the time. You know, this is the last generation and lots of lots of people, lots of very serious preachers are saying, hey, you know, this could be the last generation or we're close. And so that's uh, it's a great question, Christina. Uh, Let me answer it. Mm -hmm. Let me answer it this way. Uh, number one, we don't know. Nobody knows. Jesus, mm-hmm. okay, told us only the Father knows. And that throughout the 2,000 years since Jesus left, uh, everybody thinks that. And everybody right. has been wrong. All right? Uh, so far. And some people have given really interesting thoughts about the coming of the Lord and why it might be this generation and different generations. And some have been pretty interesting, but they've been wrong. Some have been mm-hmm. not interesting. Like somebody thought, Ronald Reagan was the Antichrist because his name is Ronald <laughs> Ronald Wilson Reagan, and there's six letters in each name, so he's he's six six six. Oh uh, goodness! And Gorbachev is the Antichrist, and he just died a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> and uh, he didn't come back from the grave, so I don't think he's the guy. And you know, I think people thought that because he had that birthmark on his head. I really think that's the reason. There's a you can Google it. There's a book you can go buy on Amazon about why Gorbachev is the Antichrist. So, uh-huh. you know, I think we got to, number one, realize he's going to come when he's going to come. <laughs> and the right. reason I think that people think it's soon, and it may not be soon. It could be a thousand years. It could be whenever, okay? I think that the reason people think that is because 
the way that a lot of people, I would say the majority of people, interpret the Scripture. Um, right. There are things. Very important. Yes. There are things that, and in saying this, when I, when I talk about kind of the corny things that people have used as reasons, I don't think we need to look for some secret code. I think that when the time comes, it's actually going to be very obvious. All right. Mm-hmm. That whoever is here. If there's a rapture, the church won't be here. But whoever is here, they're going to open the Bible and they're going to go, oh, I have a roadmap to what this is going to look like. And it's not going to be confusing. Uh, all that symbolism and stuff, eventually all those pieces are going to fit into place for whatever generation is here. They're going to know. Uh, just like the Old Testament did that. They didn't know at first what all that meant in the Old Testament until Jesus came on the scene. They're like, oh, uh, they figured it out. Mm-hmm. So that we don't have to worry about it. And for most of us, Jesus is going to come because we're going to die and go see him. That's right. you know, that's the fact. So the other things though, that are interesting, though, number one, you've got to have Israel. Uh, we've had Israel since 1948. And uh, mm-hmm. most people, some people think you don't need Israel, that maybe it's a symbolic Israel or, you know, but I personally, I think you have to have a legitimate nation of Israel uh, in a place that includes Jerusalem, which we have. Uh, mm-hmm. We're living at a time where Israel is the focus of the attention of the world for all kinds of reasons, and it doesn't make any extent, any sense, actually. Like, other than diamonds and some produce, what in the world do we get from Israel economically? Nothing. But mm-hmm. wars and, you know, our defense budget, the defense budget of NATO, the defense budget of, of the Russians, of the Iranians, of so many countries, has, is somehow connected <laughs> to Israel. Uh, I think it's because it matters. Um, I think uh, when we take a look at a lot of people thought Hitler was the Antichrist. The problem, right. the problem is, is if if most people believe that you're going to have a one world government, you know, how really would Hitler have done that had he been victorious? Still, he still probably would not have had the control that it seems like the end times government would have. You know, how would he control everybody's buying and selling? The thing is, is that today, it's actually really easy to imagine a digital economy that's global where actually one person or one entity could control everybody's buying or selling. That, you know, if I don't uh, profess my my belief in this world leader as God or whatever he decides, they just hit a button and I can no longer buy or sell. That, right. you know, that's something that you can imagine happening everywhere. So, yes. you know, when, when you look at the scriptures and, and these imagery that's there, certain things that people couldn't really say what they were, now it's actually not hard to imagine what it would look like. Even if it's still far off, technologically speaking, it's not hard to figure out. Uh, so mm-hmm. I think, and then I think the times are crazy now. People are calling evil good and good evil. Bible talks about that. There's a lot of pieces that right. that fit right now. Now the other side of it is this crazy time of darkness and confusion. We might be on the brink of a great revival. Maybe it's totally the opposite, and we're going to have an era of another great awakening, something that the world has never seen, and the Lord will come back eventually, but not now. You know, it's it, that could be the case too. Um, yeah. whatever, whatever the case is, this mm-hmm. is what I tell people: the Bible is true. Go read Revelation. You won't understand half of it, but you'll understand the big picture. And it's not hard to put the pieces together about how Mm -hmm. it might happen. Um, You don't want to connect the dots and say, this is for sure. That's where people go off the deep end and say stuff that's crazy Uh, or that Mm -hmm. just sounds good, but it isn't. But one day it's going to be right. Does that make sense for you, Christina? 
it, it does. I just I just wanted to, uh, your thoughts on that, and uh, that's that's pretty much where I stand as well. Yeah. I'm just going to continue to read scripture and not try to overthink things. Is very you know just yeah just uh, just try to understand it because the beautiful thing about scripture is you read it once, you read it twice, you read it three times. It just becomes clearer and clearer. And yeah. I don't want to spend my life thinking about when this will happen. I just want to try to live my best life here while I'm Yeah, and you know what? That's that's the right thing. In fact, if you open the book of Revelation, the first couple of chapters is Jesus talking to the church today about what we ought to be doing now. And that's Mm -hmm. the concern of Jesus. You know, what we want to do really is make sure that people understand why Jesus came the first time so that they're not lost when he comes the second time. Right. right. That's true. And, yes. And yes. our and our hope is everything that's in Revelation. It's great that we have that book. The Old Testament has a lot about the second coming too, but it it means that we know what the end of the story looks like and uh, one way or the other we're headed there. I, I appreciate your call, Christina. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. I'm going to try to get to as many calls as I can here in the last few minutes. Susan from Norwalk, welcome to Southern California Live. Did you say Susan? Yep, Susan, go ahead. Oh, hi. Um, yeah, just in regards to a couple of calls that came in earlier, um, the first one where she was talking about uh, Medicare for All and how the Democrats seem to have uh, the more compassionate side for people. Yeah, that was her opinion um, on that issue. It's easy for Democrats to have all of these what appear to be uh, very... Uh, uh, compassionate. Killed compassion these compassion bleeding hearts for people when they're not going to have to pay for it yeah. and that I, would uh, turn us into socialism i know we can talk about these things for a while so i do want to move okay. on i appreciate so uh, that one, call there quick, yeah on, uh, can i just say real quick what on was the, the other one, one the lady called about the mcdonald's job and how hard it is to yeah. get we have hurt mcdonald's by demanding so much money all of these small businesses these chains everybody wants more money and then they don't understand when they can't hire them because they they have to uh, view the person that they're interviewing. Is this going to be someone that's going to be content with this, or are they going to be needing more? Well, People want to make a career out of these jobs, and they're not meant to be career jobs. And we have they to ask to the question, uh, if it costs $20, $20 an hour to hire you, but I can build a machine and spend $1 an hour on that machine, exactly. I'm probably going to build the machine. And that needs to be part of the conversation. Yeah, Susan, Susan, thank you for your call. I want to move on. I only have a couple of seconds here. Uh, And I I want to say this, you know, compassion itself, just because you say it's compassion or it sounds compassion, it's not compassionate if it doesn't work. All right. It's it's not justice if it's not working. (laughs) It's just not. Uh, And that's that's a conversation. I think we shouldn't be what what she's referring to some older conversations on our show today where we talked about why we shouldn't just be always voting with a side because then we never get into it. I totally agree with that. I think that Christians need to be on the side of what actually works for people. And that takes a lot of work to, uh, to understand. Uh, Mickey in LA, a few seconds here. Thanks for holding. Mickey, you still with us? All right. I'm going to go on to Jackie, Jackie from Compton. Welcome to Southern California live. Oh, hi. Um, I, this question, I just wanted to ask you by you being a pastor, What's the best way for a normal person like me to give the word of the Lord out there? Because I've been trying, and the only way I do it is I talk about my own self. I did it today, and um, I haven't. I, all I get is negativity, like, oh, your Jesus is no good, and 
and I don't come off really strong. I, I talk first, and and then I, I I just wanted to know what's your advice. I mean, I don't I know that as being a Christian, I think that's my job now. I didn't realize that before, but I think my job now is to save souls, and um, well, maybe it's not. Yeah, you I know, don't know, you know, Jackie, I would put it in these terms: your job really is to make disciples. Okay, so. Whatever you're doing, when you share your faith or you tell your story or you, you love people or you care for them in the name of Jesus, yeah. it's part yeah. of that process, okay? So don't. Okay. the first thing I would say is don't assume that if somebody rejects you um, that you didn't make any impact, okay? okay. Uh, Jesus, you know, talks about that. He says you shake the dust off your feet, you go to the next house, okay? okay. It doesn't yeah. mean that the Lord's not working and that, one day in heaven, you're going to meet that person and they're going to say, hey, remember when I rejected you? Well, I always remembered what you said and it always bugged me. And one day it helped me come to the Lord. You okay. may never find out, uh, but okay. you plant seeds, you you be responsible with what the Lord has given you. But think about making disciples and how you're growing people in their faith um, okay. wherever they're at and let let God and the Holy Spirit do the work on their hearts. You be responsible thank, for what God has given you. Thank you so you. much. All right? Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, Jackie. Thank bye. you so much. Bye-bye. All right, bye. friends. We are we are out of time. Good Open Line Friday. I know there's a lot. The good news is we're here every single day, every single weekday from 3 to 5. I look forward to being with you uh, next week from 3 to 5, every single weekday. God bless you. And if you want to get a podcast of our program, go to our show website. Go to... Uh, the radio station website, look for Southern California Live, and you can find the the podcast there. I'm Scott Furrow. This is Southern California Live. I will see you next week. Have a great weekend. God bless.